a movie theater's church to me. Like that's where I go to worship um, at the altar of cinema. Internet, and welcome back to the A to Z Horrorcast at the Korea of Little Podcast, brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting next to me is Jake hey, man. and Mark. Hello. Yeah, I didn't even give you guys time to go because we are still doing our Idaho Horror Film Festival content. And today, we are bringing you an That's interview. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Idaho? No, Utaho. Oh, damn it. God, you, you had really to sneak ruined it. In? You really ruined it. Got it. Guys, I nailed it. That's <laughs> that's some original comedic work by me. Well, luckily for us, oh, not even that terrible joke can bring down <laughs> how cool the interview we're bringing today yeah. is because we get to talk to Chelsea Stardust, yes. director and recipient of the third annual Idaho Horror Film Festival Trailblazer Award, the award for women who are trailblazers in the horror and film industry. Right, Jake? Yeah, and we got to see a screening of her new movie, Satanic Panic, which was one of the features of the whole festival. So you're going to hear about that and a lot more, which we got to talk to her about. It was a huge honor, and that's coming your way about right now. Right now. Let's do it. All right, so we are here at day three of the Idaho Horror Film Festival. This is, uh, what, Saturday afternoon, and we're sitting at the top room of the Egyptian, which, Mark, we've been told is haunted before. Yeah, apparently they see ghosts up here every That's, once in a while. We've, we've been told there's been ghosts. And we're sitting down with Chelsea Stardust, who is here for the Idaho Horror Film Festival. Chelsea, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about your involvement with the festival. What are you here doing this year? Yeah, I am screening my latest film, Satanic Panic, which plays tonight at 7 p.m. Um, and I'm also receiving the Trailblazer Award, so I'm really Congratulations. excited about that. Thank That's you. So cool. yeah. Yes, and very happy to be here. Very nice. So talk to us a little bit about kind of your becoming a director and your, your path there. Oh, yeah. So that's uh, been quite a journey. Um, Well, I started out as um, an assistant when I first moved to L.A. Mm -hmm. So I went to film school. um, And then after graduating, moved out to L.A. immediately and um, started working as an assistant. But I was I started out in comedy. So I started out working for Ivan Reitman, who directed Ghostbusters, produced (laughs) Animal House, uh, directed Stripes, lots of old school comedy. And I worked for his company for about two years. And then I had an opportunity to go be Judd Apatow's assistant. Went to be Judd's assistant for two years during <laughs> Funny People and Bridesmaids and Get Him to the Greek. Oh. And I just, but my heart was always in horror. And I just happened to fall into comedy. And so I told Judd, I said, listen, I don't think this is for me. And he said, no, I totally understand. I don't know anything about horror. Good luck to you. Um, <laughs> and so... I had an opportunity to interview to be Jason Blum's assistant and uh, over at Blumhouse Productions. No one really knew who Jason Blum was at that time. So he had one, like I looked him up on IMDb and there was one credit and it was Paranormal Activity. And I thought, oh, I liked that movie. That movie was really <laughs> awesome. And I interviewed and I told him, I said, listen, I live and breathe this genre. I like, you know, it's my my favorite. And we bonded over Alfred Hitchcock because he's a huge Hitchcock fan. Goodness. And uh, he said, all right you know, come work for me. And uh, that was at the beginning of 2011. And Insidious came out in April of 2011. So 
after that happened, everything changed for him. (laughs) So I was there from that point until Whiplash went to the Oscars. So about four years. And I watched it. Yeah, pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. And watched it sort of grow into the empire it is uh, today. And he knew I wanted to direct the whole time I was working there. And he said, well, you should go direct for Crypt TV. Mm -hmm. Um, And so after I left Blumhouse, went over to Crypt, started directing short films. Um, I did about four or five short films with them. But you can't survive shooting short films. So I had, so I continued assisting directors at this point. So I worked for a TV director, a commercial director, and then I shadowed Adam Robitaille on Insidious, The Last Key, the most recent Insidious movie. Yeah. And so after that, I was like, okay, now I really need to work towards making a feature happen. I've, I've learned so much from so many people and uh, I want to really work towards that. Yeah. So while I'm, you know, assisting these folks, I'm sending scripts to Blumhouse. I'm like, hey, do you like this? Do you like this? And um, so finally, one of them, uh, my friend Ryan Turek, who works over there, he read my first feature, All That We Destroy, and he said, we want to make this one with you. So I came from being an assistant for about eight or nine years to finally getting my first job as a director to be with Blumhouse. So sort of going back to my alma mater of Blumhouse and... um, uh, doing my first movie with them, which was awesome. We shot last January, January 2018. Uh-huh. And it came out on Hulu in May of this year for part of the Into the Dark series. Right, that's their horror anthology kind yes. of movie series. Yeah. Yeah. And then literally like, uh, I think four months after we wrapped All That We Destroy, wrapped shooting, um, in July of 2018, Satanic Panic came across my desk Um that script was sent to my agent. She sent it to me. I saw it was written by Grady Hendrix and Fangoria was involved. I said, I want this movie. Read the script, loved it, and pitched myself for it and got the job and shot that in October of last year. So I was literally shooting that movie like right now, oh, this wow. time last year. <laughs> nice. And uh, it came out uh, September of this year. Um, and this festival is the last domestic screening of it. So That's awesome. And I think we, we should mention, I don't know that we did, the Trailblazer Award is for women who kind of trailblaze in the industry here. So that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So anyways, uh, long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> oh, I like it. That's a great journey. It's really cool. Covered so, a lot of turf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it like working with Hulu? Was that Were they kind of involved or are they pretty hands-off and just... Yeah, you know... Um, all that we destroyed was a little bit different because we were actually acquired by them. Okay. So all the other Into the Darks are all original, specifically for Hulu and Blumhouse for that um, series. Uh, however, all that we destroy, the TV department at Blumhouse saw an early cut of it and they said, I think they're like, we want this for Into the Dark. This would be a perfect Mother's Day episode because yeah. it's basically like, um, sh- uh, it's basically psycho meets. We need to talk about Kevin in like a black mirror world. <laughs> so yeah. they were like, ah, I think we want it. And I thought, well, for my first movie to be on Hulu, where like millions of people subscribe to Hulu. I think yeah. they said like something crazy, like 6 million people watch, you know, Hulu or something wild. And I was like, well, that's more people, you know, that would see it if it was like in Redbox or something. So um, I said, yes, I'd love to do that. And so we got notes, but the movie was already shot. So there wasn't oh. too much that could be changed, right. really. Okay. Um, but of course, like your, uh, the, you know, the companies want to have a little, you know, stamp on a little, sure. you know, show that they, you know, have their seal of approval on it. So um, we, there was only a couple little things we adjusted, but overall they loved it. And um, yeah, working with Hulu and Blumhouse was great. So it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm curious with this. So you have we're talking about the two movies right now: Into the Dark, um, All That We Destroy, and your Satanic Panic movie that's yeah. showing a little bit later today. They have very different tones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, how do you? I mean, how do you adapt yourself to shoot those two different styles? Of, you know, uh, all that we destroy is basically about like repeated violence against this woman. Yeah. And, uh, Satanic Panic has a lot of that as well, but it's in much more of a comical tone. I mean. Well, so basically, like uh, for all that we destroy, I wanted to make sort of a science fiction thriller, and to me, I wanted to make something that was, you know, it's obviously a much more serious, a very serious movie. It's what a mother will do her for her what what a mother will do for her child mm-hmm. and so I was looking at movies like The Exorcist and Poltergeist and Cujo like how far a mother will go to protect her child um and then Satanic Panic is this batshit crazy horror comedy um <laughs> and honestly like I want to do all different subgenres of horror I don't want to just do horror comedy you know I don't just want to do like body horror or whatever I want to do all different because I love the genre I love yeah. all aspects of the genre and, you know, we approached Satanic Panic a little differently, but you're dealing with like Grady Hendrix's incredible writing. And then you're dealing with this cast that has experience in horror, but in a lot of them are comedy actors too. So that made my job a little easier to be able to walk that fine line of the horror comedy tone. Um, I just got really lucky with like great, a great cast and a great script so (laughs) what is it that draws you to horror over other genres like comedy you know with uh, Judd Apatow that kind of background why why horror as a genre um I've loved horror my whole life and uh I think I mean there's a lot of things I find it to be very cathartic Mm -hmm. um like Wes Craven has that great great quote that's um horror doesn't create fear it releases it yeah um uh or yeah uh, fear you know it releases fear uh doesn't create it and so um you know, that's something I always gravitated towards. And everyone is scared of something. So it's very universal. Yeah. And there are so many amazing stories that are told within horror. And it's also making social commentary, economic commentary, political commentary. And I just think that's really fascinating, like the stories that horror is telling. Um, and it's also like the one genre that has a dedicated fan group for like for sure it's kind of incredible there are film festivals all over the world dedicated to horror there are conventions all over the united states dedicated to horror you don't hear about like the drama convention (laughs) like horror and and every horror movie will get seen i mean we have a built-in fan group like the fan base like that's incredible that and you know no matter how big or small the horror movie is, someone will love it. Like someone will find it and love it. And, you know, I'm, I'm a fan and I wanted to make something that I would want to see, want to watch myself. And, uh, without the fans, we are nothing. So, um, it's just, and it's also really fucking fun. So (laughs) (laughs) awesome. coming from like the Apatow set, right? I mean, brilliant comedy directors in your past. How much of that do you leverage for shooting horror? Um, yeah, I think, well, having been on set for Judd, like watching Judd work was really helpful for Satanic Panic because watching him, like how he approaches improv, how he works with his actors, you know, comedy is really hard. Like, cause comedy and horrors are hand in hand. It's all mm-hmm. about timing. You can time a laugh, you can time a scare. Um, but you know, getting to watch him work and then going to watch James Wan work on Insidious yeah. or Lee Winnell or Adam Robitaille, um, and just watching how everyone sort of 
approaches, you know, timing comedy or timing a scare. Like watching James Wan shoot a scare sequence is fucking incredible. <laughs> and uh, not everyone gets to see that. And he is the master of it too. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I've taken things from both, from, you know, everywhere I've been basically as an assistant. I'm always watching, always learning, always paying attention. And luckily we live in a time where you can listen to DVD commentary. You can see bonus features on how that stuff works too, which is really awesome, especially if you're, you know, um, working to be a filmmaker and you can use those tools to help learn how to execute all of that. That's really cool. What do we need to know about Satanic Panic for people who haven't seen it yet? Yeah. So I wanted to make something really fun mm -hmm. um, and something that I would have fun watching is what I wanted to make. And, uh, you know, it's, it's inspired by so many movies. It's a love letter to movies like Jennifer's Body, Evil Dead 2, yeah. Drag Me to Hell, Deathgasm, Race with the Devil, House of the Devil. I very much say that Satanic Panic is basically if you flipped House of the Devil on its head, you would get Satanic <laughs> Panic. Awesome. Like it lives in the alternate dimension of House of the Devil. So they're very related in many, many ways. Um, I recently did a double feature of the two of them okay. at uh, Alamo Draft House in Houston. And it was also House of the Devil was the first thing I saw A.J. Bowen in. And A.J. Bowen is in uh, Satanic Panic. Um, and also for me, I wanted people to see this movie and say, oh, I want to make something cool like that. Or, you know, I would love a group of teenage girls to rent this on Halloween at a slumber party and say, oh, my God, this movie is so fun. I want to make a movie like that someday. <laughs> so um, I'm hoping to inspire a you know, new generation with fun horror movies. What's the difference in the release process from your end for a movie between something that goes up on Hulu and immediately has a viewership of a few million people versus Satanic Panic where you're hitting all these festivals and flying around the world? You have international showings going for that. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. So yeah, with Hulu, because that's was directly on a streaming platform, it didn't have any, I mean, we had one cast and crew screening, but that was it. Um, and Satanic Panic has been the opposite in terms of we've played so many festivals. I think we've done like 20 festivals or some 25, um, all over the world. And there's still more international ones coming up. Um, and that's been a really wonderful process. So it's been really fun and to interact with the fans and see how everyone reacts to the movie. Um, and, you know, for me, I think the biggest thing is, I think hard media is really, really important because you make something that's on streaming, but then what happens to it? So it's like, is Netflix going to last forever? Is Hulu right. going to last forever? Where do those movies go? Yeah. Server's going to explode know? somewhere. And right, and so <laughs> it's like satanic panic well you know the blu-ray comes out on the 22nd december or excuse me october 22nd along with a vhs and we're getting vinyl soundtrack in december so awesome. it's you know immortal in that sense that we will have hard media um but you know being able to go to the store and see my movie there is going to be really cool like to walk into a best buy and see it there is going to be pretty fucking awesome um but i respect both ways to i mean there's so many ways to release a movie now and I'm I'm all for streaming. Like if Netflix is like, hey, we want you to make something, yeah, of course I'm gonna go do that. Right. Um <laughs> but and Satanic Panic was released um theatrically and then VOD digital HD so people could go see it in the theater but also watch it in their home too. So and the theater experience has um like I love going to the movie theater. I love um seeing something on a big screen, I think you should always try to see movies, especially classics, um, on, a, on a big screen. However, I think because of streaming and VOD and be able, being able to watch things in your home, 
people are treating the theater like their living room and they're looking at their phones constantly. It's so, so fucking horrible. Or they're talking or they're whatever. Like the respect for movies has really dropped a lot. And that's really frustrating as a filmmaker. Um, and then once in a while, you know, there's a handful of theaters in LA that absolutely do not allow any cell phones. That's awesome. You get yeah. kicked out if you, if you know. And I was watching a movie last night and I saw like at least five people pull out their phones and send a text. Yep. And I was like, God, thank God the director's not sitting up here because that's so fucking insulting. It's, you can't put your phone down for like 90 minutes. It's crazy. What happened when you used to not have a phone? You would you were fine. <laughs> it would have been fine. You could have watched fine. the movie. Yeah. So I think people need to be a, a lot more respectful in that sense. Um, you know, put your phone away, enjoy Like someone put, like could be years, months, years of work into this movie and yeah. every movie's a miracle. And so um, they're so hard to make. Um, so that's something where it's like, you know, it's not your living room. Yeah, <laughs> like right. the theater is not, it's like, to me, that's like a movie theater is church to me. Yeah. Like that's where I go to worship um, at the altar of cinema. So um, I just hope people, you know, just, just, yeah. Take a break from yeah. life. <laughs> My it's wife like... and I were in a theater not too long ago where a guy answered his phone. <gasps> Actually <laughs> answered. Like, took it out to hello. <laughs> Are you oh my gosh! Held, it's held his finger up to everybody in the audience. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, it was wild. I've never seen anything like that. that was, oh, dude! That was different. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I can't handle that. So, anyways, be respectful when you watch a movie. <laughs> like so, I think we've established you're a pretty big fan of the genre. What are some of your favorites? What are some of your favorite horror movies? Go tos? Maybe some under the radar? Oh my gosh! Um, how much time do you have? Um, <laughs> oh my god, so many. So, some of the ones that made me want to make horror movies were Night of the Living Dead, the original Romero, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre the original, the 1931 Dracula, Todd Browning's Dracula. Yeah. Um, I, Jennifer's Body, like talking about recent stuff. Yeah. Um, I loved It Chapter One. Um, I thought it was just so wonderful. Have you seen Chapter Two yet? I have seen Chapter Two. Okay, what'd you think? Um, I liked it, but not as much as One. Okay, um, I actually totally just agreed. I just did a podcast about Chapter Two. That's so funny. Um, and I love American Psycho, and I love Poltergeist, and there's there's so many. Um, and I, we're just so lucky like that that genre has just so many incredible movies um and uh yeah and I even like you know for so since it's October um some things I watched during this uh the best month of the year um like WNUF's Halloween special oh yeah and yeah which is so cool <laughs> and um of course John Carpenter's Halloween but also Halloween 3 season of the witch is like one of my favorites unsung yeah unsung hero <laughs> yeah yeah totally um and I love Near Dark, and I love Brain Damage, the Hennen Lauder movie. Oh, yeah. um, if you want to talk like more deep cut stuff, um, I also watched like uh, the documentary American Scream about oh, local yeah. uh -huh. uh, home home haunts, and <laughs> uh, but and Hitchcock, love Hitchcock. Um, my favorite is probably Rebecca, but I love Shadow of a Doubt and Rear Window and Psycho, of course, um, and all the classics. Uh, yeah. You know, I was talking about Poltergeist and. The Shining and The Exorcist and um, The Fly, I love. I love Crash, David Cronenberg's Crash, if you would classify that as a horror movie. Um, <laughs> body <laughs> horror, you know. Uh, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of the genre. I watch everything. Um, and of course, October, I watch a horror movie every every day, the month of October. Yeah. Um, but then again, like my life is horror every day. So I'm watching stuff all the time. So I guess it's nothing out of the ordinary. There's just the ones you save for, for like for October, for that, for near Halloween. So you keep in the stable. They come back every couple totally. of months. Totally. Yeah, like yeah. it's like, okay, now I'm going to watch, you know, this one or that one. And I plot, I work it out every day what I'm going to watch. Or something wicked this way comes is another great one. And Donnie Darko and 
Um, I'm going to go as Frank the Rabbit this year for Halloween. Nice. So. <laughs> good, good choice. That is a solid one. But yeah. yes, I love the genre. Obsessed with it. <laughs> what part, let, let me ask you this though. What's the favorite subgenre? Are you like slashers? Slashers. Or, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I love all of them, but slashers. No hesitation. Yeah. Then. No, yeah. no, no, no. Zero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> love awesome. uh, everything from um, Halloween to April Fool's Day is one of my favorites. Um, happy birthday to me. Of course, uh, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and uh yeah big big fan i think i think halloween's probably my favorite halloween and though this is not slasher but halloween and final destination are probably my favorite franchises that's awesome um yeah. uh but uh love final destination yeah i mean it's <laughs> actually a super underrated uh it's franchise it's so good um i'm friends with jeffrey reddick who created it and uh i tell him all the time i was like you're Final Destination is one of the reasons I like wanted to make movies. They're so amazing. Um, fun. Yeah. But yeah, slashers are probably my favorite. I want to. I want to just be a fly on the wall when they're trying to figure out the next Rube Goldberg machine of murder that's oh coming God, down the pipe. Right? <laughs> so creative. I mean, those movies are just incredible. Yeah, I love them. So Chelsea, on our podcast, we play a game every week called Beers for Fears, where we try to <laughs> match a beer we're drinking to the horror movie we're watching, and then we argue about it and decide who's won. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So let's put you on the spot a little bit here. For Satanic Panic, what should we be drinking while we're watching Satanic Panic? What's the beer for that fear? doesn't have to be a beer either. It's a poorly named segment, but that's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's inclusive, you know. That's great. You know, beer. Um, I would say uh, probably some, like, because Satanic Panic has this very, like, uh, high fashion sort of twist to everything. Like, mm -hmm. it's the, the whole world is high fashion. So if you can find, like, a like an artisanal... Uh, pumpkin beer or something like that, that's what I would recommend. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, something like from your local brewery. Like, don't go out and buy, like, you know, a PBR or something like that. Though I love PBR. But something um, that probably the most expensive one you can find on the shelf. That's awesome. <laughs> Very nice. Nice. Okay. I guess we're going to need to get some pumpkin beers for later today. <laughs> Do you have any other projects in the works? Anything else going on? What else are you doing? Um, yeah, there's a bunch of things in the works, none of which I can really talk about, okay. I don't think. But all dealing with horror. Um, there's a serial killer project. There's a science fiction project. And um, there's a witch project. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so um, all of those are kind of in the works. One is in casting... Um, I just got a rewrite for, or a polish for one of the scripts, and then another script is in sort of the rewrite world right now, just doing another pass on it. Um, and then I'm getting things submitted to me for my consideration to direct, so I've been reading a ton of scripts and trying to get the rights to a couple things um, that we're working on. Uh, so I know it's always like so secretive with all this <laughs> shit. You can blink um, in Morse code and it actually won't, <laughs> it won't catch it on the podcast. So. Yeah, um, once we stop recording, I'll give you more info. But um, cool. uh, but yeah, it's always like really weird about that. So everyone, everyone's scared you're going to like jinx something, so... Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff in the works and, uh, I'm really excited all horror and I'm really excited to see what's, what's to come. Speaking of projects, we've been talking mostly about feature length, but you also have a pretty deep catalog of shorts under your belt. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk to us a little bit about the difference between making a short versus making, making a feature and also sort of like just what your end goal is with making a short. Yeah. So shorts are tricky because, um, you, uh, they, they, you're not going to make that money back. So, um, whereas a feature, it most likely will if the, the budget is reasonable. Um, and shorts, I mean, I kind of approach shorts and features very similarly. Um, a feature is just a short with a lot more days, <laughs> kind of, in a weird <laughs> way. Um, 
But all the short films I've done have all been one day shoots. So mm-hmm. it's been one like 12 hour day just because we didn't have the money to shoot more than one day. So we had to be very creative about shot listing and storyboarding and all of that and prepping with the actors. Um, but uh, I've had a lot of fun doing those shorts. All my shorts have been, almost all of them have been funded by Crypt TV, which is great because then you're not putting your own money into your short film because you will never see that again. Yeah. And also if you have like, honestly, if you have like, you hear about people who make shorts for like $30,000, take that $30,000, go make a feature. Like seriously, go make a feature and then sell it. Like get send it to film festivals. Um, you know, you'll never see that money again mm-hmm. through, through a short film. Um, and horror shorts always have a home. There's always a place at festivals for them. And mine, obviously Crypt TV, like, you know, 2 million people watch those shorts, you know, and there's, they're anywhere from two minutes to I think eight minutes. Um, but that was the best way for me to, because I hadn't made anything since I was in college. So a lot of time had passed, mm-hmm. I think like eight or nine years. And I'm like, well, no one's going to look at my thesis and be like, oh yeah, we're going to give like, because <laughs> <laughs> years had passed. It's like, they want to see what you're doing right now, what's relevant to um, today. And so that helped me get representation, which helped me get a feature because they can see, oh, you're a competent filmmaker. You know how to tell a story. You know how to craft a scare. Um, so they were really important to have um, to help get me the next job. Um, but yeah, I, I approached them pretty much the same way. And thank God I had done as many of them as I did. Cause that just helped prepare me for yeah. when I did make all the way destroy. Like, thank God. And I used, ended up using a lot of my crew from my short film. So we already knew each other and made it a little more relaxed and nice. things like that. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. We did also screen a uh, green eyed monster, not green eyed monster, sorry, seeing green. green. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, that showed the other night, uh, right before Blair Witch Project, which was a nice little back to back. So I actually didn't know it was screening before Blair Witch and I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> like, oh, this <laughs> I'm like, this is really cool. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's played a bunch of festivals as well. And that was my, um, probably my last short film for now. So yeah features are what I have my sights set on. Cool. Uh, yeah, so I have also noticed that you have quite a few of these shorts available on your Vimeo page. Yep. Uh, is that going to stay up? Or are we going to need to play? Oh, no, no. Yeah, the, they'll stay thing, up. Um, okay. Yeah, all the shorts. I also directed a slasher musical. Um, it was like Wet Hot American Summer and Friday the 13th had a love child. I right. made it, that did this musical called Slash the Musical, and it's that's also on my awesome. Vimeo. That was only for the stage for Fringe Festival like two or three years ago, and it wasn't you know available, and we had someone record it, and we just put that up so people can see that too Gotcha. Um, if you want something fun and different. But yeah, all the shorts are there because um, I want to make sure they're accessible for, for people to see because otherwise, why well, you know, you want people to see your stuff. So. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Nice little digital resume. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like uh, you got to go see Satanic Panic. Absolutely. That's one thing you got to do. Yeah. Buy it on uh, VHS when it comes out. That's fun. Yes. Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask about that. <laughs> Did you have to go out of your way to make a VHS tape, or is that still something that all the all the pieces are still in place to make VHSs? You know, they're... Um, so Fangoria, one of my friends over at Fango, um, Rob Gluzo, he used to work for Dread Central, and Dread Central puts a lot of their stuff out on VHS, so he already knew everybody, because um, there's not many companies that do that. So I said, I would love for Satanic Panic, because the House of the Devil got it, yeah. and you know a couple others, and I said, I would love for Satanic Panic, and sure enough, connected with this VHS That's company. Awesome. There's only, I, there's not even that many copies, so if you want one, you have to be really quick. They, they go on sale on the... Uh, not, I keep saying December, on October 22nd, the same day as the Blu-ray, I think they're on sale at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Okay. So, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Um, anyways, there's it's all on social media. You can look up and see uh, how to get it. Um, and it's all over my Instagram and things like that. So, <laughs> definitely get one if you can. Excellent. 
I like it. Are and they are they going to be uh, the the like the American style, psycho style ones where there's like blood red plastic mixed into the casing? Or <laughs> oh my like god, that? I have no idea. Okay. Actually, I haven't seen one yet. So, oh boy, okay. <laughs> I hope that would be incredible. That'd we'll be awesome. see. We'll see. Nice. And where can people find you on social media and all that stuff? Yeah, um, my Facebook is private. Don't even attempt it. <laughs> if I haven't met you, I will decline it. Um, so instead, seek out my Instagram, which is at Chelsea Stardust, or Twitter, which is at Stardust Chelsea. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Well, before we let you go, we try and do a lightning round with most of our guests. Oh, if God. You are. Yeah, okay. if you're ready to fire through a few of these. Sure. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Do we do a sound effect or anything? We probably will in <laughs> post, yeah. <laughs> Someone cue we'll up a sound effect. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. We'll add it in post. Okay. Game on. Game on. Let's play Let's go. Favorite Halloween costume you've worn? Oh, I did uh, uh, They Live. I, did, I was one of the aliens from They Live. Awesome. Okay. Favorite Halloween candy? Uh, Reese's uh, pumpkins. Oh, pumpkins. Interesting. Uh, favorite band all time? Uh, the Beatles. Favorite song? Uh, uh, hey Bulldog by The Beatles. That's <laughs> awesome. Sorry, that's an underrated song. Uh, have you had any real life horror experiences? Any hauntings, creepy stuff in the woods, anything like that? Um, have I had, you know what I have? Oh yes, I have, I have, I have. Um, when I went to college, um, there's a, uh, uh, very old mental asylum, mental institution there that, um, it's called the Ridges. It's featured on all those most haunted places yeah. shows. Um, and I had an experience there, uh, that was, um, really creepy. So okay, awesome. <laughs> very nice. If Spider-Man were real, would he be a hero or a menace? Ooh, I, uh, <laughs> I want, I'm going to say, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say hero. I'll be nice and say hero. Awesome. Uh, favorite movie of all time? Back to the Future. Awesome. What's at the top of your list to see for horror movies they haven't seen yet? Uh, is it consi- I guess it's con- uh, The Lighthouse, Edgar's new movie. I don't know if it's huh? technically a horror movie, but that. Yeah, that counts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> favorite Spice Girl? <laughs> Scary Spice. Nice. Yep. Duh. It's, it's the right answer. answer. Yeah, yeah, choice. The right yeah. answer. Yeah. Well, Posh Spice is actually the correct answer. You could have said any word there, and I would have believed you that it was a Spice Girl. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> that concludes the lightning round. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. I love it. I was, like, ready to go. Um, that's great. Also, like, if, I, if I'm talking about favorite band that's like right now like what I'm listening to the most yeah. is Orville Peck I'm obsessed with Orville Peck right now nice. I always think so. you need like the yeah. favorite classic band and then the favorite new band yeah like yeah. I li- like I'm a, like it's gross and I just saw him live and it was incredible but I'm obsessed with Orville right now that's awesome. <laughs> that was so fun yeah thanks so much Chelsea we really appreciate it yeah thank you for having me